Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Series A, not Series B. Who are you? Aha! Yeah, hey! Mama! It's time to open your eyes. Open your mind and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with the Living Dead, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness and the weird world in which we live. And also, I've got cats in the room this evening, so say hello to them as you might hear them in the background. I'm your host, Taylor, and across the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. Seb, how's it going? Ahoy, mateys! Permission to come aboard! Uh, oh, permission granted. Oh, uh, thank you. Well, you know, things are going pretty well. Uh, Good. You know, we're, uh, we're starting out the, the uh, haunted month of October, uh, getting ready for the Halloween season, the Halloween spirit. So, uh, yep. ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us in uh, podcast land tonight or today, wherever you're, uh, whatever time it is you're listening to your podcast. Uh, yeah, things are going pretty well up here in Sacramento. Uh, a lot of the smoke seems to be clearing out from the air. The temperatures are starting to dip down into the double digits from the triple digits and <laughs> right. kind of just starting up like probably my favorite time of year, you know, all the months that end in B-E-R and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, how, yeah. how are things going with you? Um, I, I'll be honest, September for being my birthday month really kind of kicked my butt. This is a busy month uh, from beginning to end. Uh, work had me slammed. We had some construction going on here at the house, uh, you know, there's just a lot going on, and I can't believe how fast September went and that we're already getting into October now. I tell you, though, the kids are ready to decorate. They are excited for Halloween. Um, I'm excited for, like, you know, temperatures not in the 80s and 90s. Uh, whenever we get there, I'm praying for rain because mm-hmm. Lord only knows how badly we need it uh, in this state right now. Um, but, I mean... All in all, hey, you know, everybody is two feet on the ground and, and, and healthy right now. And, you know, no, like, COVID outbreaks at schools or anything like that. So in the grand scheme of things, yeah, things are going well. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Now, you might notice, folks, John is not with us this month. He is off covering some wrestling for that hashtag show. Uh, we hope to have him back for our November episode. We always like having him on board here, and we hope he's enjoying the wrestles mm-hmm. right now. Um, so, Seb, looking back at September, what uh, what might be new in your world of weird? Well, I'm happy to say... Unarius is now online. Yes, the kitschy UFO cult based in El Cajon, California is now online within the past few weeks. The Unarius Academy of Science has uploaded several films to the Vimeo video streaming website, including a few of their fabulous psychodramas. These, nice. Yes, these psychodramas, which aired on public access channels in the 80s and 90s, were films starring cult members reenacting their memories of past lives, often including aliens, UFOs, and, other, and over-the-top costumes. Um, and the performers appear to be making up their lines as they went along. Unarius, uh, I think we've talked about them on the show before. Uh, Taylor very kindly yeah. got me a, um, a gift last year for the holidays, one of their DVDs. Um, it, it was part four of the decline and fall of the Orion Empire, um, which is one of the videos which is now uh, available free streaming on their website, on the Vimeo account that they have. Um, Neat. And there's lots of other really fun stuff. Uh, Taylor, I, I really appreciate the fact that you got me that DVD for, for the holidays. And not only that, <laughs> but you're now on their mailing list. And uh, yeah. get all sorts of fun stuff in the mail from them. <laughs> That I... I do both in the mail and the in the email. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, definitely anybody that's interested in uh, learning more about their philosophies, their views on UFOs, and their a fabulous use of sequin ball gowns, uh, I highly <laughs> recommend you come take a look at the the link. I'm sure we'll have it in the show notes. Um, yep. But yeah, so that was that was pretty exciting. I, I'm 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 surprised. I've always been surprised that more of their back catalog of videos aren't more easily available on things like YouTube. Um, never quite could understand why they, that is the case. But I'm very happy to see that they're actively and digi- diligently uploading a lot of their labels. So uh, looking forward to watching some more 
um, some more uh, amazing videos from you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen some of those videos, and I've heard many discussion on the Unarians. So. Um, yeah, the fact that they are getting more online there, I think that uh, just gives them a new avenue to reach more people, or at least entertain those of us who are entertained by them. For sure, for sure. Right on. Well, what's new in your weird? I'll be honest, not much. No, that isn't. It's be, it, that is weird though. That in and of itself. That that, that is weird <laughs> in and of itself. You you are correct. <laughs> okay. You are absolutely correct. It's been a very quiet month. Okay. Um. I will say, though, that just this evening I was um, delightfully entertained to watch another screening of a, um, oh, a very early production by the Planet Weird folk, like before mm. they were even called Planet Weird, um, uh, called The Bigfoot Hunter Still Searching. It is uh, not a movie that is in any sort of release right now. Um, a handful of people may uh, still own DVDs of it, um, and it is something like they will only share uh, in a live stream with uh, museum members and then delete it um, because of just you know uh, you know commentary and stuff given dur- given during it, um, and it's something that they eventually want to remaster and release uh, okay. uh, down the road. So um, I get to spend my evening just you know entertained by the inappropriateness of their main subject in that film so hmm. um yeah okay definitely entertained um any ufo dreams or no no okay. no i'll be honest i mean it's i wasn't joking september has been so busy that a lot of times when i sleep i sleep really deep mm-hmm. and deep enough that i don't really remember my dreams or i don't have any dreams of you know serious significance Mm, uh um we'll see we'll see now that we're getting into the spooky months and the back half of the year um maybe that'll change fingers crossed right very cool yeah yeah well this month it we being a a spooky month we wanted to come up with a good story of a good haunting and so i think this uh topic was your suggestion uh vasty mateys definitely indeed oh yeah uh indeed uh tonight we were talking about the uh the famous royal mail ship the queen mary uh birthed down in long beach um pretty excited for tonight's episode uh yeah yeah first launched in may of 1936 the queen mary was the pinnacle of luxury for the canard line bigger the titanic uh, she set a new standard for atlantic sea travel the onset of World War II transformed her into a troop ship with a new paint job that earned her the name the Grey Ghost. After the war, she was renovated and returned to a life of transatlantic travel. But in the same way that the train replaced the stagecoach, the popularity of air travel in the 60s spelled the end of the Queen Mary's regular job. Now, legend has it that a medium once claimed the Queen Mary would be most famous when it was no longer traveling the sea. And, oddly enough, she became a floating hotel and attraction in Long Beach, California in the late 60s. From there, the story only got more haunted as the popularity of the Queen Mary grew amongst ghost hunters. This month, we took a look at the myth and legend of the Queen Mary and her spectral visitors. Ooh, very excited. Of course, uh, listeners to the podcast will know that we've previously previously done a ghost episode. That was kind of a more higher level uh, episode where it was kind of just, you know, ghosts in general, the ideas behind ghosts or what, what we think mm-hmm. ghosts are. So this is our first, I'm really excited, this is our first episode where we kind of dive a little deeper into a specific haunting. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's, uh, this ship has been an absolute staple of paranormal TV shows, everything from unsolved mysteries to sightings to ghost adventures, all the crap that I love and absorbed as a child <laughs> and still watch religiously today um even though i've seen this ship on a zillion of those types of shows there's a lot that i learned uh in researching for tonight's episode that i I never knew before so it was was pretty interesting um found a couple fun facts uh the queen mary was launched in 1936 and since 1967 it's been permanently moored in long beach california as a floating hotel and over the years apparently the ship has changed um owners and management companies many times uh kind of at different times had um, varying degrees of success as a tourist attraction or hotel mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is kind of interesting uh, it's only one of four ocean liners that were made before World War II which still survive today and amongst those four uh, survivors 
The Queen Mary is almost seven times larger in tonnage than the next largest survivor. So that's pretty interesting. Wow, that is a big boat. Totally. Um, and of course, being down in Southern California, it has been uh, a um, magnet for TV and film producers. Um, there's a great website that lists a lot of different um, productions that have been filmed either wholly or in part on the Queen Mary. Uh, yeah, what are some of them? Let's see. Let's see. There was, uh, there was a couple episodes of Murder, She Wrote and MacGyver. Um, nice. There was the 1975 TV movie Adventures of the Queen, which I watched on YouTube. Uh, this. Um, oh, really? Which actually, it's interesting. The captain of the ship is Robert Stack, who of course hosted Unsolved oh, Mysteries, right? Um, which is where, as a kid, I first learned about the Queen Mary and her alleged haunting. Pretty interesting. Um, and uh, looks like looks like the movie Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. An episode of Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Okay. Uh, some Kolchak the Night Stalker. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Uh, I'm scrolling down here real quick. What else would other people know? The Bionic Woman, Beverly Hills 90210, um, some of Anchorman, the movie Anchorman, <laughs> Charlie's Angels, BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear. Nice. Nice. Um, let's see. LA Confidential, The Aviator, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the love boat! You don't say. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's probably the least surprising uh, 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 television show on that list, I guess. But uh, right, yeah. yeah. Um, the gumball! Oh gosh, the gumball! Gumball rally, rally a family favorite. Wow. We grew up with that one. Yes, for sure. we did indeed. Yeah. We did indeed. Um, oh gosh, there's a bunch. Wow, that really has been a lot. I'm not even well, not surprisingly the Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure. Um a- oh, Project UFO. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that. That looks like it's late seventies, early eighties maybe. I think so. And I'm trying to remember what the show was about. The picture looks familiar. Hmm. Um oh nineteen seventy eight, nineteen seventy nine, this was basically like um the Project Blue Book series before there was actually the Project Blue Book series. Uh, the the blurb on it says, Two agents of the U.S. government's Project Blue Book project. Seriously, Project? Oh, that's just redundant. Come on, IMDb. You can do better than that. No, that's great. It investigate sightings of extraterrestrials and unidentified flying objects. 1978, 1979, 27 episodes. I like it. So, yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. A yeah. whole bunch of stuff shot on and around the Queen Mary. And the Lindsay Lohan version of The Parent Trap. Apparently. Oh yes, yes, can't, I saw that on there. Forgot about can't that. Can't forget the low man. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's interesting because in I mean, it, there's a couple of different ways that I've been trying to crack this nut, unravel this riddle, so to speak. Now, in full mm-hmm. disclosure, I, I personally have never visited the Queen Mary or spent a night in one of her uh, uh, stately state rooms. Um, nor have I. Okay, nor have you. Um, so I, I really can't speak to any firsthand experiences or non-experiences. But some of the research I did for today's episode I thought was a little little interesting. Um, I guess the first places I would have to start is just with where I first learned about the Queen Mary and her haunting, which was um, a season one episode of Unsolved Mysteries that mm-hmm. uh, aired in '98, and it's, it, it was really interesting for me because there's a there's one segment of that uh, bit of the show where uh, a paranormal investigator has a you know tape recorder that they leave in the bowels of the ship overnight and it, okay. it actually reco- records some you know things that go bump in the night and some some indistinct voices and um, actually if it's all right maybe we could play that clip for the listeners now um, yeah absolutely let's take a listen to that Roll placed a voice activated tape recorder in the bow area at the same spot where the voices were heard. For most of the night, this is what was recorded. Nothing. In the early morning, for a full two minutes, the tape recorder picked up sounds where no sounds should be. This is a condensed version of the actual tape. Well, 
What'd you think of that, Seb? Yeah, the thing that's interesting about that for me is I watched, I, over the past 15 years, I've watched hundreds of episodes of television shows that, you know, feature, you know, distinct or indistinct recordings of alleged ghost noises, ghost voices. And this, I, 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 this has got to be the earliest or the first one of those types of recordings that I, I, I can remember ever seeing or listening to as a child on television. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, I mean, there might have been something earlier in the mists of time. Uh, but it's interesting in that regard for me because it was sort of like the Big Bang moment for me where I'm listening to, you know, raspy ghosts that obviously are saying something, but it's not really clear. You know, apparently when people, when ghosts are ghosts, they have marbles in their mouths when they try to talk, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's rather interesting because if in doing some research for tonight's episode, uh, there were, um, a number of people who passed away on the Queen Mary during her, during her life. Um, I've, I've read that at least 49 recorded deaths occurred on the ship. Um, and actually also during World War II, uh, she accidentally sank the, uh, uh, HMS, uh, Curacao in, in 1942 in about approximately... Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. I, you know, it, it, I th- I'm like Curacoa. Curacoa, I, I think... I don't know. I think it's the name of an island in the Caribbean. That's what the battle, oh, the warship was okay. named after. Okay, okay. Um, about 239 lives were lost. Um, and in that Unsolved mystery segment, apparently the recording was made near the bow of the Queen Mary where the bow sliced little warship in half and it sunk. So, you know, the idea there was, well, maybe... They were recording some sort of uh, oh, interesting, like a stone tape theory kind of situation with. Uh, oh, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but it's crazy because there's so much. Um, there's so many stories of the hauntings of the Queen Mary, but in all of the research I was able to do, I, I wasn't able to find any published accounts in books or newspapers prior to about '95. Um, hmm. it, it looks like that was the year that organized ghost events began at the Queen Mary. Um, um, she, according to an article in the LA Times from 1988, um, the Queen Mary at, in that year was added to something called the National Ghost Registry, which wow. I've got to say, I've never heard of the National Ghost Registry. Um, if any of our listeners know more about this registry, please let us know. I would love to know who maintains it. Is it some, still something that's active? Um, and, and do I have to register my ghost? Like, do, does my ghost need a license? Right. It's a, like a dog license. Is it, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and, and uh, there was apparently an Orange County Society of Psychics that began to um, hold seances on the Queen Mary around that time. Um, and then it looks like June 18th, 1988, the first organized ghost tours began at the princely sum of $7 per person. Wow. Um, and ev- That's quite reasonable. Yeah, and that was the same year uh, that um, that Unsolved Mystery segment aired, uh, October 26, 1988. So 1988 seems to be a, a pivotal year in terms of maybe not so much the hauntings. I mean, I'm fascinated with the hauntings, but I'm also fascinated with the monetization of ghosts, so to speak. Yes, you know? yeah, we've talked about that. We've talked about that. Yeah, and it sounds like yeah. 1988 was definitely a, a big year for Mary in that regard. Um, See, this is this is really interesting because um i really i kind of wish that we had been able to discover any sort of evidence of reports of hauntings Mm -hmm. prior to the 1980s because it really based on what we have in front of us seems as though that the influx of people with the intent of finding ghosts Mm -hmm. right and the kind of popularization whether through tours or unsolved mysteries bringing that attention to that spot that's that's interesting because there's is generating yeah hauntings that, that, that that's a that's an idea that is encapsulated with a great article i read in doing research for for our episode right now that uh, got published on sfgate.com a couple years ago okay and it actually in the article they interview some of your friends um greg newkirk newkirk and yeah. john el tenney oh nice and they basically make a similar argument which is that you know perhaps crowds of tourists who are coming trying to find ghosts um all of that mental energy kind of puts something out into the environment that creates so to speak mm-hmm. um it's a really fascinating article uh, because it talks about how 
around that time we were talking about, actually in 1990, um, the Walt Disney Corporation was uh, got involved with the Queen Mary at the time. Um, there was a guy who basically, I think the ship has always been owned by the city of Long Beach, but different companies over the years have been hired to kind of manage the property, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And for many years, it was managed by a gentleman who also owned and operated the hotel at Disneyland. And... Apparently, it's a weird story. Apparently, like, when Disneyland was built, Walt Disney was kind of short on funds, so he couldn't afford to build a hotel for all the guests. So in comes this, like, real estate guy, builds the hotel, and owns, continued to own the hotel, um, and had a really um, sweet deal with Disney in terms of, like, not having to pay very much for the Disney name and stuff. And ever since then, the Disney company has always wanted to own the hotel outright. So apparently this guy, he owns this Disney hotel, he also manages the Queen Mary, and then he kicks the bucket in the eight, and Disney swoops in, buys the ho- buys basically everything this guy owns. So not only do they now own the Disney hotel, but they kind of own, they don't own the Queen Mary, but they own, they manage it, basically. And mm-hmm. so in 1990, so Disney's thinking, okay, we've got this this huge boat, what are we going to do? And one of the things they wanted to do was they wanted to start giving, they wanted to kind of incorporate a park in the sense that they would have, um, they would offer tours where the tour guides would be dressed as famous people who had historically sailed on the ship. And they were also going to be haunted tours. And the article, it's really fascinating. It goes on to say that um, the tour was going to take you to areas where people were murdered, crushed, drowned, or otherwise died during the ship passage. And right. um, the was it, there was going to be a special stop on the tour, a special room called Room B340. A mm-hmm. event, I'm reading about that right now. Yeah, event unused room where Disney installed haunted mansion-style effects. When you were in the room, floorboards would creak, faucets would turn on, disembodied voices would sound, and spooky things would appear in the mirrors. The project failed, however, and Disney abandoned the idea. When the company's lease on the area was not renewed, even though the room was stripped of all the imagineering effects long ago, room B340 is still rented out as the ship's most haunted room and is decorated with ghostly pictures and a Ouija board and has a Bloody Mary incantation on the bath wall. Oh, jeez. I mean, talk about it. I mean, you know, I, I gotta say, if I ever get the chance to spend a night on the Queen Mary, you know what room I'm going to try to rent, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that, that sounds like it's like the epicenter of all the crazy that that's going on. Um, yeah, and whether that really is... Man, that's... Yeah, that becomes such a muddled thing because not only... You know, and like the article says, you know, quoting quoting Tenny is, you know, you tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. have been through there, and and that that energy, just thinking about it, or focusing on these deaths, I think I, I and I have no reason not to believe, kind of helps give that more strength mm-hmm. to to manifest or to exist in some way, shape, or form. The simple fact that Disney had gone in there, taken a room. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, modded it mm-hmm. to to act more haunted. Mm-hmm. And even stripped out, you know, kind of retains that energy. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, there's, there's something real fascinating about that. But at the same time, you've now had not just, you know, people with an interest uh-huh. talking, you know, in there. You've had, and this goes back to what, you know, you're really fascinated with. You've had people in there who specifically are geared toward monetizing it. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it. You know, I'm, I'm all about the, the, the capitalist afterlife. Um, and, and, and I'm really excited by the idea, too, of like, uh, I mean, I've never done any sort of any sort of paranormal investigation ever, except for like doing research. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never, right. I've never gotten the field or you know got a little like you know digital recorder to try to record a ghost voice but i got to say if i ever did anything like that like this is basically up my speed like you know odds are you know you're more likely to find a ghost in like some disused old hospital that's full of asbestos and black mold but like (laughs) give me like give me the haunted place that has like a a room you can rent with a big cushy bed and like a nice nice in-suite bathroom or something like that you know and let's also recognize the fact that you know if if you want to talk about um you know hauntings happening in liminal spaces Uh hotels are incredibly liminal spaces there are people coming and going all the time Uh um so there there is this kind of transientness uh-huh. about that space right um that can certainly lend itself to things like hauntings uh-huh. um so don't yeah don't count hotels out you know you can still get a nice bed a warm shower uh-huh. um and possibly some evps right i've always wanted to rent a room there's a hotel in san francisco this is totally off topic there's a hotel in san francisco where 
in, I think, like, 1920, President, then President Warren G. Harding actually died in the hotel room. Okay. And I've always wanted to, like, I don't know, rent that hotel room on, like, you know, for the night of, like, President's Day or something. And then, like, sit in the corner and, like, play, like, Hail to the Chief and have a little, like, digital recorder and see if anything happened. And That'd I, be interesting. I went online and looked at that hotel and looked at that room, and it's, like, mm-hmm. it has, it's, first of all, it's, like, it's, like, obviously the presidential suite so it's like two grand a night or whatever Yeesh, and, it, okay. and it's been like remodeled so it looks like some sort of horrible nightmare like like there's nothing old and cute about it at all it looks like something right like totally fashionable and mod and i'm just like uh that's too expensive and it doesn't look old yeah so i was like you know maybe maybe i'll not say hi to warren g harding i guess yeah that's 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 kind of a bummer yeah i've got a feeling that maybe there's not not that same kind of energy there uh, it's interesting because between you mentioning kind of like the 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 energy at the bow of the ship mm. um and this desire to kind of find stories prior to 1980 mm-hmm. um i just real quickly um the other day kind of just put out a quick tweet kind of trying to get hold of any of my you know weirdo friends being like hey does anybody out there uh-huh. know of or have heard of you know uh, a haunting on the queen mary uh, uh prior to the 1980s uh-huh. um and unfortunately nobody got back to me with one uh-huh. that predates the 1980s but i there was a friend and listener um who had an experience of their own on board the queen mary in 1990 oh really yeah oh yeah um, and, and they say it was in the middle of the night, uh, in a room, uh, I was petrified in bed. I saw some sort of officer, uh, coats, metal button gleamed in the dark, yeah. uh, saw those things on his shoulders, meaning epaulets, uh, and the brim of a captain style hat, dark face. I was just standing there facing me forever. It was one of the scariest experiences that I ever had. I laid there trying to hold my breath so it wouldn't know I was awake. I finally got the courage to get this to run through it and jump into my parents' bed. What? Truly terrifying. Yeah, I don't know that I could do that. That's crazy. That's crazy to just, you know, you got to get to mom and dad and you're just like, okay, there's no way. There's no way around. I've got to go through. That's, I mean, props. Mad props because I don't think I could have done that. Yeah, I can't handle the idea of semen in my hotel room. That's just, I can't, that's just too much. But, you know, that's amazing. I mean, Um, Hold on, hold on. Story's not no, over story's yet. Story's not over yet. No. Story's not no, over no. yet. Being this down. Is the beginning. No. Well, I don't know. Being down in the bow was so spooky. I don't no. know why they put us down there since we weren't performing on the actual ship. They're down there for some sort of performance thing, I think, school related. Mm. Um, it was the actual bow below deck. I read later, they say, uh, that that's where they kept prisoners or something. Um, and they also uh, Googled up images of officer uniforms trying to find something and came across one. um, And I saw a screenshot of it and the, and the, the caption on it was the death of second officer Stark. But when they saw that picture, it was like, okay, just sick to their stomach was like, like there was something really about that image that kind of like, Oh, I think that was it kind of thing. Wow. uh, Yeah. That was kind of a trip. So I was like, Oh, can we please share that? on the show and and they were kind enough to say yes so thank you for that thank you so much for that um yes you know nice to have kind of a first-hand account yeah for sure um but yeah stark stark is interesting character you know uh, as we said there's a there's a number of people who there are recorded deaths that occurred on the ship Uh, apparently uh, senior second officer william e stark uh was a was a crewman on on the queen mary and he uh was going to have some uh uh, a nice refreshing beverage from an old gin bottle, uh, but okay. mistakenly grabbed the bottle, and it turned out that it was containing something called carbon tetrachloride, which is used to clean furniture. And, oh, and uh, definitely not gin. Definitely not gin. So, uh, so Officer Stark uh, drank this, and uh, three days later, on September twenty third, nineteen forty nine, uh, he passed away, unfortunately. Um, but probably the most famous death that's been tied to um, alleged hauntings on the Queen Mary was a gentleman, a crew member by the name of John. Peder, P-E-D-R. Okay. And supposedly he was killed by being crushed in a watertight door in ice during a drill. So that's a oh, okay. Yes, now I've heard about yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting. I, I tried to do a little bit of, 
um, you know, archival research in the sense that I, I was able to at least find out at the website of the British National Archives, they do have a register of all people who died at British, on British flagship from like, oh, okay. like, the eight, like the 1800s to like the mid 20th century. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to try to get in there, but it turned out you had to like purchase some sort of subscription and I was too lazy and cheap to do so. Um, That's fair. But it's definitely, it's definitely nice to know that potentially there are um, records that could either augment, you know, the stories of these folks or maybe even reveal some additional folks that passed away on the ship um, that right. aren't really yeah. talked about. Um, th- there was a great book that uh, came out, um, and it was uh, written by a guy named Brian Clune, C-L-U-N-E. It's called Ghosts of the Quarry, and he kind of goes through some of the different um, uh, alleged hauntings that are, I guess, more famous. Um, and I was taking a look at that, and my favorite one happened to be a ghost by the name of Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and and it says Grumpy is arguably one of the Queen Mary's most memorable ghosts, also known as Grumpy the Growling Ghost. This spirit, Grumpy the Growling Ghost, this spirit <laughs> whose actual identity is not known is especially memorable because he tends to growl at visitors. Grumpy is said to lurk in a room under the stairs near the first class. So that's wow. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's interesting for for a couple of different reasons. I mean, I think if if any of our listeners are like myself and actually that that ghosts are real and hauntings are real, um, I don't know. I kind of think that the Queen Mary might actually offer up something a little bit more than than we might first recognize. Because I mean, every paranormal television show I've ever seen t- tends to make eventually the claim that. If you have a haunted structure, the haunting might be related to an occurrence or a death that happened in the structure, or maybe it's somehow tied to the land itself before the structure was even built, you know, like right. maybe of like a cursed land or maybe like a battle that happened on that one or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always thought that since the Queen Mary hasn't been stationary for a good deal of its life, presumably you might be able to say if you do think hauntings are, you know, the ghosts of dead people that they'd have to be attributed to events that occurred on the ship rather than the ground it sits on because it's not sitting on ground really you know right um right and i think um as far as i know there haven't been any deaths at the queen mary since it's been parked in long beach okay um and that's interesting i mean this the the ship it's less than 100 years old presumably um there are records somewhere of people who were either ticketed passengers, um, workers on the ship, World War II soldiers who got transported on the ship, maybe mm-hmm. Cunard staff. I mean, presumably there's a finite and identifiable human ship in the records of Cunard Line or the company that built the ship, the Brown and Comp- John Brown and Company shipbuilder. Um, and, right. and so I, I, I don't. I mean, it's not that necessarily it would be an easy task, but I mean, if I think of something like. Um, what's another great example of a haunted structure? Let's say, let's say, um, um, uh, uh, the Tower of Waverly Hills, Waverly Hills, or the Tower of London, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. Like Tower of London, it's a thousand years old. There's no way that you could ever come close to generating a list of all the people that were there or died there. You know, who knows what happened in the thousands of years before the, the castle was built on that. Mm -hmm. It's it's Mm -hmm. just, it's impossible to really kind of generate some sort of list like that. But it seems like with the Queen Mary, I mean, you could potentially maybe make some, um, not to say that it would be helpful, but I don't know. It's just one of the things that always kind of intrigued. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I see where you're going with this idea because, you know, if, if you are say on the ship as an investigator and you are trying to, maybe identify someone who's coming through maybe let's say maybe you're doing a spirit box session or something um you know realistically you know you you have a list of people who it could possibly be Uh um and and you may be able to um verify anything that comes through or or you've got something completely different coming through and it's a whole whole other can of worms Uh Uh that you're getting into um you know, and again, I mean, I, I always come back to uh, stuff like the Philip experiment where, you know, what if there is, you know, a haunting or something that is based on um, something that was told, you know, uh, second, third, fourth hand as legend and was uh, told incorrectly, mm. you know, but maybe told as part of a tour many, many, many times. And so people go, well, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you suddenly now have this haunting going, you know, like repeating back 
um, or or giving this this incorrect information, uh-huh. you know, there, there's this whole. <clears throat> I mean, really, I, I don't mean to use the term again, but there's this whole can of worms that gets open with that. Into what does that mean for you know hauntings in that bigger sense, mm. where it can be influenced by the people who are going there, the people who have been there, and the people who have talked about it. Um, that's that's really kind of, for me, I don't know, my, my more... Uh, my bigger interest sure. in a lot of this. Um, I, I always have trouble talking about um, you know, uh, ghosts and hauntings when it comes to like, oh, let's do this as a show topic because I, I haven't been to the place. I haven't had the experience uh-huh. uh, myself. I can only talk about what what other people have said. Um, but well, the the implications of this, the energy that we as people bring to a situation, uh, to a to an investigation, I find really fascinating. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting idea that you bring up because you could almost... There's so many different possibilities. Perhaps you have a structure that leads haunted tours and you have a tour guide who's giving the tours and telling a story. And what if that tour guide dies and he comes back as a ghost and he starts, you know, acting out the things that they claimed on the tour, you know? It's almost like dedication to the job after the grave kind of thing. You know? <laughs> that would um, be an interesting one. I like yeah. that. Now, I've got to ask you a question. This isn't directly related to the Queen Mary, but... I remember maybe a couple years ago, it might have been Christmas or your birthday, and I think I got you a little um, spirit box device. Yeah, uh, yeah, you got me an SB7. Yeah. Did you? Do you still? A, do you still have that? And B, did you ever bust it out and do anything? What's this? Um, Do you feel comfortable talking about that? No, I'm fine talking about it. Yes, I absolutely still have it. Okay. Um, I haven't really done much with it because you got it for me for Christmas of 2019. Okay. Ah. And by March of 2020, right. we've all basically been home. Good call. Good call. Um, so, no. I mean, I've certainly have listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be one of those things where I'd like, you know, uh, in early 2020, I'd take it to work with me and just be like, okay, I just want to listen to what it sounds like. But, of course, I'm sitting in front of my computer, which is a giant, mm-hmm. you know, electromagnetic <laughs> pump, basically. Yeah. And so if I was going to pick up anything, I'm, I'm not in a place or a position or even a mindset, honestly, um, to really kind of like tune into anything. Um, I wanted to take it down to um, uh, Gallifrey One that year and the LAX Marriott because, again, hotels being a liminal space. Mm. I thought it'd be really kind of cool, like late one evening, to try and do um, an Estes session with it. Um, and it just, it's one of those things, you know, you get there and you're hanging out with friends and you're yeah. doing the Doctor Who thing and, and, and anything else outside of that just kind of melts into the background. So that, that never happened. Um, but yeah, it was all, it was all, it's been all COVID since. Well, have you ever, I mean, at any point in your life ever, ever either visited or toured or in other ways, um, stepped inside of a structure that is allegedly home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I, we grew up. You and I both grew up very near the Winchester Mystery House, okay. allegedly haunted. Um, I've taken the tour there um, a handful of times, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've never once experienced anything there. Um, I, I I know people who have worked there, mm-hmm. who've claimed to have experiences, um, but again, that's that's secondhand information. That's not something I've experienced firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you and I took a little tour. I think it was Old Town Sacramento. Oh, the Underground Tunnel Tour. If I'm right. That's right. The Underground Tunnel Tour. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of, I forget, man, I had one of those like early, like, um, I think it was called a ghost radar app. I don't, I mean, in hindsight, I don't really put a lot of trust in ghost, you know, phone apps, but it would, it would speak words or share words um periodically the kind of the same way that an novelist would and i didn't really kind of hold it the entire time um but i think i had i think i had that and i think i had like my digital voice recorder going the entire time that we were down there although the, i think the digital voice i think the batteries died on that thing like really quickly uh, well hey isn't that supposedly a ghost thing like when the batteries died? um yeah but it was one of those things where like it's the same set of batteries that actually been in there for a while and i didn't bother putting i didn't bother putting fresh ones in i was just like oh i'm just gonna grab that and bring it with me 
when I went up to visit you. Do you think ghosts like prefer Duracell or Energizer or like I wonder you know, what their favorite see, flavor is? That that's the really important question that I don't <laughs> think anybody out there is asking. What is a ghost's favorite band brand of battery yeah. to to drain? Or is it all just energy? Does it not matter? I mean, it's mm. like they all just taste the same. Right, right. I don't know. That's a very good question. Yeah. And and I I think I think I want our listeners to chime in. What do you think? Yeah. You know, is it ever ready cuz it's got the black cat on? Oh, it. I, I didn't think about that one. You're right. You know, do they even make ever ready anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Have you Seb, been into a place allegedly haunted and and had any sort of experience or reaction? I've never had any sort of experiences. Um, uh, I, I'm, I guess, let's see. Uh, I mean, we did v- visit Virginia City, Nevada as children. With, That's with our right, parents. we did. Yeah. Um, and supposedly, if you know, <laughs> if the Travel Channel is to be believed, practically every every building in that town <laughs> is haunted. You know. Right. So uh, right. I guess I guess that kind of counts. Um, honestly, I'm really surprised that our hometown Egyptian museum in San Jose hasn't really like tried to cash in on the paranormal thing. Like I, <laughs> the Rosicrucian museum. Yeah, I don't under, I mean, maybe they don't want that kind of, um, which they actually just reopened. I drove by them a couple of week, maybe weeks ago. It's, um, it's funny you mention that because it just came up in conversation today as a place the kids really want to go visit. Really? Have they ever been there before? No. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. No, so we we are definitely looking at taking them, even possibly within the next month. So, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you. If if they wanted to, it'd be pretty easy for them to cook up some sort of ghost. You know what I'm saying? Oh well, I mean, good heavens! It's the largest collection of Egyptian artifacts outside of Cairo itself. Mm. I mean, they have legit mummies, right? In there, um, I'm I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to, but at that point, you know, they've been around so long, they've been in that location so long, they've had that collection for so long. If they just now started coming up with stories and 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 kind of cashing in on that, it wouldn't come across as very genuine. That's a good point. I think the closest I've ever come to having a ghost investigation, and this is this might be a story I'm repeating from our ghost episode earlier in the year, um, but. It was Halloween of probably um, 2001 or 1999, something like that. Um, I was an undergraduate at the University of San Francisco, and a friend of mine and I went into a part of the campus called Lone Mountain, which mm-hmm. in the 19th century used to be um, a cemetery. And they eventually dug up all the bodies and moved them down the peninsula to the city of Colma. And um, apparently they missed lots of bodies. And even to this day, whenever they do construction on the campus, the backhoes will end up digging up a lot of coffins and bones. Wow. And I found a book at the campus library that was um tombstone epitaphs of people who had been buried on lone mountain and we on that halloween evening we took the book we checked it out we went to the we sneaked into that part of the campus and went to the lowest spot in the sub basement we accessed and we, wow. we opened the book and started reading from the epitaphs to see if anything would happen and nothing happened but it was my it was a valiant attempt nonetheless i'm um, sure it was spooky on some level though oh yeah for sure yeah definitely yeah good times that's interesting yeah that's really interesting um so i'm sorry i'm just looking at our notes yeah here real quick is there much else you know um well i mean hope to say about i mean i know the queen mary has kind of given us like food for thought on hauntings in general which is i think often what we kind of come back to um but do we have much else to say about the ship itself and its hauntings it is still it is still there from what i understand it is currently closed yeah i think i think my my last thought is just simply that there's been a a number of news stories lately saying that the ship is in very poor uh, state of repair apparently and requires Mm -hmm. a huge investment of you know, tens of millions of dollars at least to kind of get it, um, you know, structurally sound and stuff like that. And I really hope somehow they are able to to pull through and and keep going, so to speak, as a hotel, as a tourist attraction. Um, It would be kind of a really sad fate for it to end up, who knows, maybe getting 
um, taken out and scrapped, something like that. I mean, you'd hate to yeah. see that happen, but it's it's completely conceivable. Um, I mean, I really hope that if, regardless of whether or not it really is haunted, and I have no reason to think it isn't, but um, I hope that somehow, you know, more and more people might be attracted to, to go down there and visit and kind of invest some of their tourist dollars into the ship to keep it going for more years to come. I mean, if nothing else, maybe they could turn it into like like a homeless shelter or something. It seems like that's kind of a, <laughs> a big thing that we need in California these days, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I do remember reading that like the last, uh, the last company to manage it had gone bankrupt mm. um, and it had like, like returned to ownership or curatorship of the city and now they're trying to get the uh, the Long Beach Harbor Association or something like that. I just was reading these articles uh, quickly earlier in the week while I was taking a break from work to kind of take over um, custodianship of the ship. Not to make that sound horribly redundant. So yeah, we'll we'll be curious to see what becomes of it because it is a, it's a you know very famous location not just for the history of the ship itself but for those who are uh, you know into the paranormal into the weird. Um, yeah. And it's I mean I'm sure it's gorgeous. I, it's one of those places where you want to go and it's just like you know even us here in California you know they just don't make it down there mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah yeah we'll see we'll see what becomes of the Queen Mary long and storied life so far um but that said it is that time where uh we descend into the archives with seb because every month he's going to dig into the old-timey newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness in seb it is october it is spooky ghost month we're talking old ships what do you have for us this time around i i matey we have an article from the <laughs> sacramento daily union newspaper from january 22nd 1911 and the article is titled ghost ship vanishes as lifesavers come hmm. yay candies yeah uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, January 21st. Hunting for a wrecked ghost ship is getting on the nerves of the United States life-saving at Wood Island. Three times within the last few months, they have been called out by the appearance of a ghostly two-master apparently going ashore on the rocky uh, ledges of Sea Point. And in each case, after rowing to rescue the supposed wrecked crew, they have searched in vain for the craft. Walter S. Ames, keeper of the lighthouse, on the whaleback is the last person to see the ghost ship. His powerful marine glasses revealed a masted schooner apparently plunging head-on into the rock. He rode at top speed to the life-saving station a mile and a half away. The life-saving crew rushed out on their boat, speeded to the life-saving... Uh, the life-saving... Oh, I don't know what that word is. Uh, they sped towards I, sea point. Yeah. <laughs> Not a sign of the wreck was visible when they reached there. Dun-dun-dun. So, wow. That, that's interesting. Uh, Two-master, so it's a, a schooner-type ship. Mm. With two masts, right. um, and it's and it was seen what three separate times? Yeah, three times within the last few months. So we, people see what appears to be a schooner yeah. plowing into the rock. I would be really curious. I mean, sure, being you know on the east coast there, mm. um, up in New Hampshire, you know, you've got rocky coastline. <clears throat> you've got lighthouses there for a reason. I'm sure there is a long history of shipwrecks in that area it would be very curious uh to see maybe how many of those were like twin mast Mm. ships and uh you know maybe it's like oh it's 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 this either this particular ship or or here's a selection of ships that it could be from prior to 1911 I just how love how freaking classy like a ghost ship. Like I'm a real sucker for like uh, I know some people like like their hauntings really like bloody and gory or true crime. <laughs> but I like I like the old school like classic kind of stuff, you know? Um Give me a ghost ship. Give me a haunted lighthouse. Give give me that kind of stuff. You know, I right. I eat that stuff up with a spoon. You know? Yeah, um, and it, I hear it's interesting because I have to wonder if the if there are records of the United States Life Saving Service, like maybe there are records of poor guys rowing out to find some sort of uh, ship that was never there. You know. Yeah. 
And think about how pissed off they must have been to grow out in a lifeboat in the middle of like a storm. I'm assuming it's a storm. Maybe it's not a storm. I don't know. Maybe it's just foggy. Maybe it's just foggy. Exactly. You know. Um, and and to get out there and it's a freaking ghost. It's a freaking ghost. It's like, geez, thanks a lot, guys. You know. I, well, and let's let's also recognize the fact, you know, that they are more more than likely. Um, I mean, I don't know the the coastal layout of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, mm. um, but they're probably mostly facing ocean rather than say a bay so to be rowing out there even as a team on you know open ocean yeah um that's a danger in and of itself i mean something certainly could have happened to them a freak wave or something going to try and rescue a ghost ship so there's you know there's that double uh double risk involved there not only is it like oh man there's no ship actually it's like oh man we went out to rescue this the ship that wasn't actually there and we've literally put our lives in danger yeah you know just getting out to it so yeah i mean there's there's all sorts of stuff and and i mean you think about how much you know how rare it seems that you know people claim it is to see an apparition right right that's sort of the gold standard of like you know a paranormal experience i guess right but that's 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 you know that's if you have an entire single person manifesting you know this is an entire ship Mm -hmm. manifesting which is far bigger than a single person it's like okay what like what sort of energies are involved in that right i mean yeah you know yeah that there's there's a real interesting question for me or even how water relates to there's so many theories about how water interacts with paranormal experiences some people say it it, it's like an energy source some people say Mm -hmm. some people i think say sometimes ghosts cannot cross water i think in some stories i'm not sure um but that's a i guess another another aspect yeah 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 that that's a good one said nice well appreciate that very much well i hope this uh this tale of intriguing hauntings has whet your appetite dear public for the upcoming halloween season i know i'm definitely Mm -hmm. uh Hungry for candy, candy, and all other sorts of uh, ghoulish. I, I'll be honest, I am too. But that's that's typical for me. I I just like candy. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> well, I tell you, folks, that is it for this month. We we appreciate you joining us, and we hope you have an awesome Halloween and and a fantastic fall. Uh, thank you for joining us on this adventure into the weirdness that surrounds us every day. If you have an experience you want to share with us, or if you have questions, feel free to email us at allnightgeeks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at allnightgeeks. You can follow me at busbuddha71, and you can follow Seb at clanmcmuffin. Oh, yes. Go get those McMuffins. Hey, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, and be sure to rate and review us as well. And just as importantly, share us with your friends. Word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around and we'd appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast we want to give big thanks as always to the ghoulies for letting us use hot rods from outer space from the album midnight in america as our intro and outro music please give them a follow on social media and hit up the ghouliesdenver.bandcamp.com to buy their music definitely start trying uh you know see if there's one of those Bandcamp Friday is coming up where all the proceeds go to the band and definitely buy up their albums then and support them. Um, we have got merchandise that is over at shop.spreadshirt.com slash N-O-T-L-G. That's right. Shirts, buttons, even stickers. Go check that out. And thanks, as always, to Kate the Steam Powered Mouse for doing the show's artwork. Um, <sighs> folks, the pandemic is still going on good heaven please wear masks get vaccinated if you haven't yet um it's important also to help out local artists local businesses support them first um share them support them buy stuff from them but if you want to throw a few bones our way especially this in a halloween month where we've got bones galore um you can do so over at patreon.com slash n-o-t-l-g and that is it for us this month we will catch you in november and in the meantime Get out and find something weird safely masked up. Good night. Do you think ghosts like prefer Duracell or Energizer or like I wonder what their favorite flavor is?